Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Eric Tunison from Dick Kreutzen. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Hello. Good. Okay. First time with a mess up, but we're back on. I want to cover some of the bands you've been in, but obviously, you know, the main band. Dick Kreutzen has probably been one of the, I don't know, un- under, under the current bands as far as its influence, especially a big part of alternative rock and but just different levels of rock through the years. And if you know your music, you know Dick Kreutzen. You know, but I don't think there's a full appreciation of the band, especially as time goes on. So hopefully we can bring more of an awareness. Okay, um, I'll do my best. Uh, that's all I ask for you, right? <laughs> like your parents, just do your best. So first off, you guys started in Milwaukee. So actually being from Milwaukee um, and then being in Amsterdam, it's quite a, quite a difference there. Uh, the band started in 81, right? Around 81? Uh, yeah, 81. Sort of? Yep, yep, yep. Pick up from there. Actually, just if you just a tiny bio so that people can be aware before we start, you know. Well, the band, the, uh, band. the band was called called the Stellas, and they were uh, looking for a drummer. And my good friend from the third grade, Keith Bramer, suggested me to them, and uh, I played with them for a little while. And then when it was uh, time uh, for the Stellas to need a bass player, well, I just uh, recommended my good friend Keith, and. Uh, <laughs> So we joined, uh, we played out uh, for a while as the Stellas and then decided that we were heading into a new, uh, a new realm, turning into a different band and it deserved a different name. So casting about, we uh, found uh, for some reason, a name uh, from Germany, Die Kreuzen, The Crossing, <laughs> The Crosses, The Crossing. Uh, yeah, we did that. So by like uh, winter of 81, uh, beginning of 82, we were called uh, Die Kreuzen. We were playing a lot of shows. Um, did some shows uh, in Chicago, traveled around a little bit. Uh, Corey Rusk was playing with uh, the Necros at the time. And uh, so we met Corey and he invited us to be on his record label. And uh, it seemed like an excellent idea. So suddenly we felt like we'd hit the big time. We were recording in a, recording our first album. That's awesome. That was Touch and Go, right? Uh, that is Touch and Go Records, yep. They did some really good stuff too, though. You know, under, underrated. Oh, man. They're the, we're, we're really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's something to be proud of. What's great about you guys is, and, and you probably didn't know at the time, you guys had, you know, I like to say, there's a lot of artists I, I talked to, to me, always feel that that special lightning in a bottle. Like, and it feels like it's an overused term, but I, everything is sincere on this show. That mm-hmm. the creativity, and, and I don't think it was a, a full plan for you guys. You guys evolved in your sounds. It's almost like you guys have a new, a new band name every single album. You guys, you evolved so much. Well, we definitely felt that way uh, by the time, even by the time we recorded that first album, we were a little moving on from, you know, the, the 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 play as fast as you can and be this incredible hardcore band. We already right. were writing songs for our next album. And we really felt like we were making a statement. Okay, this is where we are. This is what we've done. Now let's move on. Uh, yeah. We, we really liked records, you know, uh, bands that did exactly that, move on from one album to the other. The Cure, especially, if you remember The Cure mm-hmm. from the early I days. Do. Uh, especially the early days when they, oh, they yeah. moved on from, uh, yeah, you know, their, their pornography was just came out of nowhere. Uh, that record just had such a, a distinct sound and it really didn't have much to do with the previous stuff. And we just loved that. 
Well, so that, that's, that's great. But you guys, yeah, I'm sorry. It's so uh, just that that's what we were trying to do is um, make a new statement basically with every song. Now, the albums didn't necessarily have an overarching theme ever. It was just, let's write this song and uh, then let's write that song. And then, and in many ways it was, okay, now we've got enough songs for an album. Let's do an album. Now, now what's interesting is in, in, on that note is some bands will come out and be like kind of a punky rock band and it'll evolve into like a rock band. You know, that was a big thing. Like, you know, almost like they feel like you're getting better in their instruments, but that's not the case for you guys. You guys were good, but you guys just almost moved and evolved into different genres. It wasn't about change. It was more of a changing malleable sound. It wasn't as much of a trying to up your game. Like, you know what I mean? Like some bands started as a punkers and they get better. You guys mm -hmm. were already good, but you guys just were always growing. Now, do you guys have a lot of different influences that were always creeping into the band or? Well, sure. We put a lot of different things together. Uh, uh, at the beginning, it certainly was sort of a, uh, you know, let's be a hardcore band. But uh, I was listening to early art rock. Keith was listening to art rock and Iggy. Uh, whenever anybody claims to be the first guy uh, who was into punk rock in high school, man, let me tell you, Keith was there was at he? the beginning. Yeah, he really was. Um, you know, Dan and Brian were into all sorts of different things. Sparks was a real uh, meeting point for for Dan and Keith and Brian. I got to admit, I didn't uh, know much about Sparks when we started, <laughs> but uh, I was listening to Vandergraaf Generator. Oh, uh, nice. Just brought us, you know, a whole mix of things together. And those, those are some great bands. So people listening, if you haven't heard of them, please go back out and listen to them. Make sure you, you know, if any bands we can mention this show, check them out because those are, yeah, you gotta follow, you gotta follow the, the very back to the beginning. Um, do you see some of the influence that you guys have had, the sounds that you guys have, or even just not, it, it doesn't sound like an ego thing, but like the sounds you had created, maybe also like 10 years later or whatever, also it's like you hear it in grunge or shoegaze, like you're like, I kind of know that sound. I was kind of really doing that sound 10 years ago. I'm not saying it was, a, you know, ripoff, but I mean, the influence. Well, that's really hard to say. You know, that's for other people to say. Uh, yeah, I don't mean um, to put you on spot. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, just as an artist, you're like, I kind of know that sound because I was kind of doing that myself. Well, there of. was just so much floating around, uh, both in our hometown and all over the world then and, and continued. Yeah, uh, we really feel like we were lucky. We were right there in the middle of uh, things that were happening. Yeah. What's also really good that people don't know you is because just either you got hardcore fans or people just don't know who you guys are it's really that's the way i've always seen it i don't know if, if you've seen it too like you know there's no middle ground as far as like knowing your influence um you have hardcore fans though and they know but people that don't know your, your producer was was which vig who did doing like everyone must know nirvana and stuff but he's spoken so highly of you guys from the very beginning and still does of we were influence. we were so lucky to have butch on our side and uh and not only Butch, but other a lot of great producers in Milwaukee that uh, people haven't really heard of. Uh, a guy named Bill Stace did a lot of work for us. Uh, we did some work down with Steve Albini before he opened his uh, bigger studio at his... Uh... Oh, really? What did you do with him? Which well, that was some pre-production that we did. So those uh, demos are floating around somewhere. Because uh, he has uh, his own sound, too. How did his sound work with you guys? Because he does have his own little touch. Or he's, they just more now, I think. Um... I, he didn't try and layer a sound on, on us, but of course, okay. neither did Butch. You know, it's very much uh, let's record you guys, sit down. Uh, 
we always showed up really ready to play too. So there was never, well, we had no money, so there's no time to rehearse (laughs) in the studio. So uh, show up ready to go. But yeah, we were really lucky. Uh, You know, Butch was, well, Butch was working with everybody in the Midwest and then eventually everyone all over the world. Uh, But uh, lucky, lucky to get in with him. And uh, he liked us and uh, yeah, we are so lucky to have, yeah, what a thing. What a thing for Butch, though. Oh, right. I mean, could you tell me a little bit about the scene, though? Because, like, where did you fit in? Because, obviously, I wasn't there that age, that age, the time in Milwaukee when you guys were starting out and playing those couple of years. And during the time, because you did switch and change sounds, was the audience going with you? Because I know during, certain crowds can be very niche oriented, and you guys are changing your sounds. Did you gain fans, lose fans? Did they follow you? Well, you know uh, a certain measure of all of that. Yeah. Some people, some people did not appreciate the new direction, uh, or the, uh, the new direction after that, or the new direction after that. So that was challenging, but lots of people stuck around. They it seemed like we had a lot of people that were willing to stick around and see what we were doing next. We did, it was a little difficult because of course we would write new songs. We'd record an album seven or eight months later the album had come out and we would already have a bunch (laughs) of new songs that we were playing live so well play the stuff off the new album yeah we'd love to but we're a little sick of that let's move on so we (laughs) could have benefited a little bit from uh a more intelligent approach about that but uh it was just all about writing the songs and playing the new songs i agree you probably could have been more commercial if you kind of stuck to but i think you guys would have not you guys would have, I don't know, failed on, on the creative level because you guys were like a rocket ship of just creativity at that point. And, you know, if you, if you had a game plan and try to be a commercial thing, it just would have. We didn't have a game plan and we right, were trying to be commercial. I'm saying if, you tried to, if you tried to follow these yeah. rules of building an audience and being like the same album, the same album, and it would have stifled all these great albums that are just. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I'm satisfied with what we did. Yeah, we could have found a new, a more commercial way to do it, but I wouldn't be as satisfied with it as we, as I am now. Well, and the thing is, I mean, generationally, people that you know, our age and back know that when you go to clubs, it was different. I mean, now you can you can be a fan of everything and listen to anything and find it everywhere. So the crowd base is a little bit different. But back when you guys first started out, it was definitely just go to shows or or word of mouth or small small record labels or tape trading or small fanzines to really kind of get you out there so well we also were really lucky and inspired by how uh what a music scene milwaukee had and probably still does although i don't live there anymore but uh there were just there were clubs there were bands there was uh, an audience there was just you know a great audience can, people that would come to see the shows like i'm sorry like the audience can we talk about some of the bands and just the, the crowds here because i never had to experience that uh milwaukee like uh, well, one unheralded band uh, was called the Tense Experts. Uh, they were very moody and cool and dark. And, and man, it was just wonderful to see them. They just seemed to come right out of the box, fully formed. Just such a great band. Uh, but they never got the recognition that they uh, they deserved. And, um, man, now I, you know, I should have taken notes. Now it's been ah, 20, 30, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 40 sorry. years later. <laughs> no, it just to me, it gets, we do get, we get sidetracked sometimes on some other really great little hidden gems and, and you know, touching on the, the scene of music because it's never going to be that like that anymore. 
that itself is its own hidden gem, you know, and these pockets of these great clubs and these great shows and these bands that only a, a special group of people get to hear, unfortunately, you know, that admit such talent or, or the fact you can go to a club and, you know, and see three, four, five times a week, see a great different band. We were really Those lucky times- to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of it was perhaps our proximity to uh, and being in between Chicago and Minneapolis. Uh, so bands would play Chicago, they would come up to Milwaukee. So there we are seeing these great bands in these pretty tiny little clubs. Loads of fun. And many of them we got to open for Gun Club on their first tour, uh, The Damned early on, Black Flag early on, uh, well, their first tour. Uh, all of these great bands came through. And there we were, if not playing with them, cheering them on. Cheering them on. I would imagine all those bands are too, because of the type of music that the audience was very open for you guys being an open act or vice versa, because it was much more of a, I think, open-minded crowd of music of fans. It was very, very open-minded. Yeah, things were just happening and everybody wanted to see it and take part. Uh, Because The Damned and Big Black were not on the radio. They were bands I'd listened to. But they were things you heard in a cassette in your friend's car, just like I heard you guys. Because you know, I mean, I met my buddy in his Camaro. Pop, you good? Because you guys got to, because you got to hear these guys. <laughs> you know, and that's how I heard a lot of those bands because you hear them with your friends and you don't hear them on the radio. So I would imagine that's that's already like a unity of those type of bands because they're already on the outside. They're not on the, the pop world. So well, they sure weren't part of the pop world. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, well, as you recall, uh, sort of a secret. You know, here's this great band that nobody else has heard of. Check it out, man. They're great. Yeah, listen to this adolescence record. Listen to this Channel Three record. Listen to, you know, listen to these Cure albums. Listen to Susie and the Banshees. It was just, oh, so just albums. this tidal wave. Just this tidal wave. It was great. Wonderful to be a part of. And the, the evolution of the songwriting. Now, when you guys were writing songs, and, and it's, I love talking about songwriting because it's so different nowadays. It's, you're not in your bedroom on Instagram writing a song, which is great. It's how the world is. And we're on COVID. But, uh, luckily, through Zoom, you and I can talk. This is yeah, you know, your yeah, name. I mean, so there are advantages to technology. You know what I mean? Totally. But you can't take away the fact that the creativity of you four guys, you know, whatever, being at the time, got to keep evolving your sound. That's not going to happen by sending MP3s back and forth. You know, the songwriting it, process, you guys... The songwriting process was really just put people in the room and write songs uh, here. You know, here's this riff that, I mean, we did do some rehearsals on our own individually, but hey, here's this riff I've been working on. Let's let's work it out. And, uh, you know, maybe that part goes good with this part or maybe that part has inspired this part. But yeah, you, you can't... Uh, you can't replace putting a handful of people in a room together and uh, and seeing what comes out. When you guys were writing, though, did the process, how was it, like, was it kind of bumpy and push-pull? Like, some bands, they really like to fight tooth and nail, and then they come up with this great song. But it's like, ah, ah. or you guys are like, yeah, like, I dig that in kind of a more of a flow, or, because the album well, is so dynamic. Well, we always like to call it organic. Things would develop. Uh, I mean, we didn't fight about things or anything like that but um we they all took a while to craft uh it seems as if i mean i remember noticing that we were coming up with about a song a month which is i wish we could have written songs quicker but uh they ended up being you know pretty well crafted well that's a pretty good average if you some songwriters can't do anything for like years and they come up with 10 (laughs) good ones you know what i'm saying and some just like, you're like, would you stop? I think while I was talking to you, you wrote three more songs <laughs> and they're good, you know? 
So I think a month uh, is good for something that, that still today stands a, a legacy. I mean, and the short periods of re- when you guys started writing and releasing, it was a, it was a short period of time, uh, considerably for the sound to change and do it so well. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I mean, we rehearsed all the time. You know, we were a couple, you know, three or four times a week, uh, you know, for years. Uh, so we had plenty of time to make it work out together and uh, and then play it live and see what works out live. And um, yeah, I really, that worked out well for us. We're going to touch on, I know you guys did some other stuff too. I want to get some more before, but, but so when you guys are playing a lot and I'm sure your management or you guys are trying to get, you know, a little more prolific and get put out there more, obviously you want to get a little bigger, but still do your own thing. Was it the challenge they didn't know where to do with you, like where to put you? Because you guys were kind of really ahead of your time. Uh, there were challenges as to what to do with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, audiences, like I said, we would play the new material just as the old material was getting released. So sometimes audiences would be, uh, would be challenged and other times it would work out great, you know, play in front of hundreds of people who haven't heard these songs before and have them, uh, respond really well. Because you would have killed them like a Lollapalooza back or, you know, those kind of, when those <laughs> bands are out doing things, you guys would have crushed it, you know? That would have been fun. That would have been you know? fun. Yeah. So towards the end, you guys kind of started to dissolve, and I'm not looking for dirt or anything. And then you kind of did your own thing. And you guys kind of broke up a little bit, and each guys kind of, some kind of stayed together, but you guys did some side bands too. And other, you evolved into regular, your own bands. At that point, were you guys still kind of keeping in touch loosely, everybody, and was the band totally like everyone's just done or just taking a break or no uh i mean we remain friends to this day uh i don't see it's not the most awesome thing in the world you guys i love when bands are still together and friends you know i mean that's the most important yeah yeah i mean we were all good friends uh we broke up after 12 years and uh i gotta say you know 12 years is a pretty good run so uh yeah so yeah we stayed friends in milwaukee um one of the bands uh that uh I played with that Keith played with that Dan played with was this uh, collective called Fuckface, put together with by a guy in Milwaukee, Dave Shawinsky. I'm sure that uh, wasn't hard to put on a flyer or on an album. <laughs> or or we just or, call it Make Love Face. <laughs> uh, and my grandmother would call them Fun Face, yes, or Naughty Face, or uh, I love but, your grandma. Uh, that is so awesome for just to confront it like that. <laughs> my grandma is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, Fun Face. I love that. <laughs> um that was this uh inter- interesting collective at a certain point had four drummers uh playing no snare drums or no cymbals just a big collective of drummers and then guitar and bass and metal percussion and uh and dave shuinsky uh doing vocals uh it's a really heavy thing yeah that, that was quite a band uh you look that up not too easy to google that band i can tell you well but, i uh, i knew of them but i hadn't heard them i know i know you did like kill those or i think right and then you did you did a bunch of other good bands too you know <clears throat> there was uh i played for a while with kill dozer uh i played for a while with a guy out of uh kentucky uh paul k paul k and the weathermen uh played on some of his records was lucky enough to tour with him for a while uh some bands that barely left Milwaukee, which was a bit of a pity. Uh, this one band, D minus was really, really good. Uh, I'm not even sure I have recordings of that. Uh, one thing I did that was interesting over here 
I was invited by a friend uh, named Robert Smith working under uh, his uh, title Sick Boy. And uh, it's dance music. And uh, I sat in for an afternoon and put down some drum drum licks in a rehearsal space. And then Big John from The Exploited put guitar parts down. And then Robert uh, crafted it into a song and uh, shipped it off over the internet to Steve Aoki, the uh, dance oh, music wow. impresario, and that ended oh, yeah. up on uh, one of his albums. Really? And I got a that, one of, up. that one's pretty cool. That's called The Kids Will Have Their Say, and they got a little traction. They flew us to L.A., and we shot a video. And then his uh, that, the uh, CD that that was on got nominated for a Grammy. Look at you. It was kind of a big deal for a guy like me. Well, it's it's good you get some some because clearly you you don't just play drums. I mean, you're, you're you're always creating and moving forward with the instrument. So to get that kind of recognition is very important, especially for a musician. You're not just a drummer, you know. It's, okay, it's it's important because some people uh, play drums. You know, what I mean, you're you're always pushing the envelope and not going that certain popular music way. You're going with your heart. I was always going with my heart, absolutely. And uh, so was everybody else in Kreutzen and right. really everybody else I worked with, everyone I worked with, yeah. But yeah. You, you had a name after that band, though. You could have probably gone with some, you probably had some other bands you could have gone with, more, you know, more popular rock bands that could, you could have just kind of sat in with and because of your legacy with, with Kreutzen and kind of gone another way. And well, as, really your history what, you as with most drummers, I was working with half a dozen bands at a time for a while. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of rehearsing. Uh, keep up my chops. How did you change from, you lived from Milwaukee right to Amsterdam? Probably, what, yep. in the 90s, 2000s, moved over? What did uh, you moved move? over at the end of 1998. Uh, De had played here. Killdozer had played here. Uh, and when I was playing with Paul Kay and the Weathermen, he had, uh, he had a contract with a record label that was over here. So we came over and did a bunch of shows and would work out of Amsterdam. And uh, as one does, I got to know it and love it. And uh, and also, it seemed like there was always something waiting for me over here. Every time I came, there was somebody saying, hey, join this band, or hey, I got this work for you, or hey, I got this place you can live. And uh, at one point, we threw everything in uh, and, and, and came over here. And it turned out to be true. My wife and I, she's a chef, and uh, we found out that the cafe restaurant at uh, the music venue, the Milkwag here, world famous Milkwag, they mm-hmm. needed somebody to run their cafe restaurant. And we made a we made a proposal, and they liked the idea that uh, okay, she's a business partner and she's a chef, and I'm a business partner and a musician, and uh, and then we did that for 17 years. Wow. Yeah. That must have been a change for you. Was it a change yeah. or similar? Or both? Uh, in many ways, similar. Yeah. Some ways a change, but uh, a lot of fun being in this music venue with several different halls and tons of bands coming through. And yeah, sometimes old friends, sometimes new friends. Uh, yeah, it was quite it was quite a scene. We, we got a little bit of a name for ourselves and uh, did that for 17 years. That's a long time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, working in a restaurant, running a restaurant is long hours, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you that. I, I equate that, like people say that their dream job is to like, I'm going to retire from a restaurant or a food something or other. I'm like, man, that's like being a president. Like in four years, you <laughs> age 20 years, you know what I mean? It's... We, uh, we aged, definitely. Yeah. 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 So what you guys evolve into now? Are you kind of, at this point, pulling uh, it back or just... Uh, we... 
we stopped with that and uh, started running a bed and breakfast. And now this is a little bit more like a semi-retirement. Uh, we've just got a little two-bedroom uh, bed and breakfast. Uh, well, we don't serve breakfast. We stopped that right away. We call it a bed and beverage. <laughs> we put a couple of beers in the refrigerator and call it done, and everyone thinks it's uh, great. And that's right it for strangers set. to make food for them. It's got to be the worst ever. I don't like making food for my own family. We really <laughs> decided uh, that was one thing we didn't want to do. Uh, there's just too many places uh, right next door even that uh, can serve better food than we can put together. So so uh, we uh, we quite enjoy it. Uh, we, we put it out on Airbnb. And aside from a certain pandemic that we're all still struggling to uh, emerge from, uh, yeah. it's you know, been going great guns. Well, I'll put the link up so people can check it out. And, you know, if they're in the area, I'd like, uh, I encourage everybody to go check you out, support you, man. One, a couple couple of people, uh, one guy, especially, because I've got a little plaque hanging up there that somebody gave me. And one guy recognized the band. He said, oh, great band. And it took him a little while to figure out when I said, when I said that was my band that I meant, no, I played in the band. (laughs) (laughs) But really? that's uh, just one guy in 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 five years. So uh, I can't believe it. So do people cool. recognize you at all? Um, not really. No. Interesting. But it's 40 it could be years later, like, man. <laughs> yeah, but the internet now and people are really fans, and the world's changed a little bit. It does you know? happen sometimes. It does happen sometimes. I'm not talking Beatlemania. Just people know how to <laughs> look up something and Google it and see. I mean, there's like, you know, you can take ten minutes and. and look up your stuff or, you know, that's why I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, kick out the exact specs with you because people didn't do that. You know what I mean? It's kind of just more important to hear from you as a person and get your own little flavor on moments. You know, it's, but they could find it, you know, um, what are you doing? Like, so now that you're kind of getting the bed records, are you still doing a little bit more music though? Is it like still talking to the guys, the band, doing your other projects? Uh, I haven't really played much lately. Um, I really should. There are rehearsal spaces here in Amsterdam uh, that I can just go to. And of course, setting up drums in an apartment is not too cool, but these rehearsal spaces are right there, ready to go. (laughs) Uh, I did play with a friend of mine for a while, uh, a guy named Eric, another guy named Sean, a guy named uh, Roy, another guy named Paul. Uh, We put out a bunch of songs, but that was a little challenging. I was running work in the restaurant. It's very difficult. Oh yeah, that could be a lot more. I mean, I can see the pace of doing the restaurant is gonna be similar to being in a band though. Um, but now you may have the time. You may need to get your child back I have out the time. there. Maybe I have the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, gonna be hard to be such a creative person to not be doing it, or you're just so burnt out and tired, you kinda of... uh a little of both, although I'm uh I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I'm uh, kind of thinking about doing it again. Let me let me ask you this. A lot of people that play music are either like super cooks, painters, artists. Do you have another super thing you do also? No, you... I've always I've always pointed out that it's a good thing I was a pretty good drummer because I don't have any other artistic talents as far as I Which isn't a bad thing because most people can't even do one thing. So it's not that. <laughs> I'm it's just I always I always discover someone's like, no, I'm actually a so and so chef. I'm like, really? <laughs> or you know. I can pretty... keep myself alive, but it's my wife that's a chef. You sound exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I, and I want to congratulate. I think was it the actually just got an award. It was a while back, but I think for talking about props for, for, for your band was it Milwaukee, right? It was like the Milwaukee Music was it Hall of Fame or how, how was it called for the for, for Dickerson? Uh, like the, the Wisconsin Music back. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
that is awesome that is pretty cool i gotta say yeah uh right there with liberace and les paul which it sounds as silly as it sounds all very influential in the world of music no (laughs) i'm saying but like when you say those names you're like what you know but if you really sit back and look at it it's Mm -hmm. makes sense because you know the impact has been pretty powerful yeah Um, yeah yeah that was uh that was quite an honor still knocked out by that one that's really good now i imagine any of your past bands you're not gonna be doing anything with them probably at any point or any kind of even re-releases or one um no no we did do a couple of reunion shows with de kreutzen uh and that was a lot of fun but that at this point was almost 10 years ago already uh our friend jay tiller sat in on guitar because brian couldn't make it but uh Jay was really part of the family, so that was a lot yeah. of fun to have Jay in there with us. Uh, Jay from Couch Flambeau, if you're familiar with Couch mm-hmm. Flambeau out of Milwaukee. Uh, Fuckface did some reunion shows, but uh, sadly, uh, Dave Rake has died. So uh, without Dave uh, on great squealing, snaky guitar, without him, it would not be the same. Right. And sadly of Paul K and the weatherman, Paul K died uh, a while back. So that's not going to happen anymore either. So we'll see. But uh, mortality sucks. I, mean, I don't mean for like big plays. I'm just talking like, cause you're still friends with a lot of these guys and it's fun just to play like one-offs, you know, I'd want, if I was going to be with you, I'd want to come to Amsterdam and do a gig, you know, <laughs> have a fun show, see the sights. You know what I mean? It just sounds like a fun jam with some friends and have fun. Well, it certainly is a lot of fun. Yeah certainly is a lot of fun you know that's really what it comes out i'm not looking for a world domination anymore you guys already made your mark mm-hmm. um Eric, i want to thank you for being on the show and, and sharing a little bit and giving us some time i know it's <laughs> always weird dipping back into the past or talking about things but well this is yeah. a lot of fun and i think it's really cool that you reached out to me thanks so much well i want to thank you for being on the show and, and, and everybody we've mentioned a lot of different artists Take your p- paper or pens, whatever, your phones, and Google. Write all these names down. Check them out. I'm going to put, you know, the link for his, for his B&B, and I'll put, you know, we can you know, check out the band if you're not aware of them. And if you are, still go listen to them more <laughs> and realize the difference. You'll see the influence, and, and you're very modest, so, you know, your influence is, is, is appreciated in what you've done in music for many years. And, and I got a high note. Thanks, man. Okay, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.